You're listening to the Sailing to Success podcast show, where we share practical tips and strategies to help you be more productive, boost your profits, and grow your business. Hi, I'm Lindsay Phillips, founder of Smooth Sailing Business Growth, and I'll be your host and captain for this 30-minute excursion. So today, I'll be chatting with word wizard Michelle Schaefer, all about how to attract more attention with your blog hook lines. She shares tips on how to become a more powerful blogger, attract more web traffic, and how to optimize your words with the Hookline Dynamic app. So let's get started. Hey everyone, and here we are on this episode with uh, myself, Lindsay Phillips, with Smooth Sailing Business Growth, of course, and as mentioned, I am so excited today to have um, Michelle Schaefer. So she is the creator of Lingo Dynamics and the Hookline Dynamic app. I'm totally stoked about talking about this app. So she's really passionate about helping mission-driven entrepreneurs build successful businesses that make a positive difference in the world. She has written, get this, 42 blog posts in a single day. (laughs) Her hands must have wanted to fall off. (laughs) She has I can't even imagine. She's mentored more than 15,000 bloggers through the Ultimate Blog Challenge and Extreme Traffic Adventure. She's published over a thousand posts on her own blogs and made just about every blogging mistake uh, possible and shares them with us so that we don't have to do the same thing. Um, So a typical day in Michelle's life includes a whole lot of coffee. I hear you there. Obsessive blogging and content (laughs) creation, coaching awesome, fabulous entrepreneurs and working behind the scenes to support her amazing clients with their blogging and their marketing. And, um, and apparently she loves a little bit of sci-fi in there as well. It's always good to have a secret, uh, <laughs> a, secret. Call that? A, a guilty pleasure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and possibly a glass of wine at the end of the day, right? <laughs> oh, that's always a good idea too. <laughs> thanks so much for having me on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And like uh, we, we spoke about before, um, blogging is one of my favorite content marketing elements. Um, such a great way to be creative, um, but get such good content out there. And for me, I love reading blogs. I do that more than watching videos, listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, everybody learns differently, right? Right. Absolutely. And, and I'm the same way. I find that blogging is so convenient both for me because I can write at any time, you know, when I've got the time in my schedule and then set it to publish at the right time and my clients can come on demand and get the info they're looking for, you know, so it's a really great way to build that audience. Absolutely. I totally agree. So what fostered your love for blogs? Well, you know, it's been an interesting journey. I tell people all the time it was kind of accidental. I um, actually started working online in about 2000. So I've, I've been out in a while and by about 2008, I realized, I, I'm a slow learner sometimes, I'm proof that anybody <laughs> can succeed with this, um, <laughs> I realized my clients kept asking me the same questions. At the time, I was helping, you know, working at home moms and, and small business owners get set up with websites. And so we'd put together their website, yeah. everything's, you know, functional, the buttons work, you can buy things on it, and they'd come back to me with, okay, but how do I, how do I get people to see it now? How yeah. do I get traffic to it? Nobody knows it exists. And so I started answering that same question over and over again. And it occurred to me, okay, if I publish this answer somewhere, I can stop typing <laughs> up the same email. <laughs> so, 
you know, back then WordPress wasn't real big yet. Blogging mm. wasn't, it hadn't exploded like it had now, but I thought, okay, what's the fastest way I can start publishing articles online? I'm like, Oh, I'll just install WordPress. Here we go. You know? And so I didn't even actually start out with the intention of blogging. My intention was just let me save time. And I'm sure more people have this question. So I started basically publishing articles that I didn't even think of as a blog. It was just my space to share. Okay. Here's the question I get. Here's the answer to it. And then I started realizing that clients were finding me. People were coming to me because they'd read the blog post and going, Oh, you know how to do this. Can you help me with it? They're hungry for it. And I started, yeah, I started realizing, Oh, if I do this intentionally, this would really work to grow my business. And so it kind of clicked in my head. Oh, this is how blogging works. Right. Because I kind of accidentally saw saw the potential of it. And so from there, I started really learning content marketing and figure out, okay, what am I doing that works? How do I make that work better? Uh, What else do I need to be doing? And that's Mm -hmm. how I started my blog. And, you know, fast forward almost 10 years later and here I am. Yeah, that's awesome. I love the eight where you had one intention in mind and it it brought different results. That's cool. So how, how, what what kind of blogging mistakes have you made uh, across, or I guess, what are some of the three biggest mistakes that you and other people make? Okay, so some of the biggest mistakes that I've seen over the years and that I've made too. Mm-hmm, one sure that I think <laughs> one that a lot of people make that I absolutely made when I first got started, especially because of the way I kind of fell into it, was thinking that all I had to do was write content and put it out there. Mm-hmm. I very quickly realized that while that does get some people coming in from the search engines, from other people sharing, you have to be intentional about how you promote your content if you mm-hmm. really want to get it out there to help the biggest number of people. Right. So that's a mistake right. I see a lot is people focus all their time on creating the content and not on really getting out there, sharing it, letting people know it's there. So that would be number one. It's not having a promotional plan that you right. follow. That one is huge. Um, so that's definitely something that, that I work a lot with for my clients, for my audience is what are the steps you take after you hit publish? Cause when you hit publish, that's when the fun actually begins, you know, yeah. getting, it out there, getting people to read it. So that's number one. Number two, I think would be not understanding who I was talking to, mm-hmm. especially at first. Because I, you know, I was trained like most of us. I went through school and you learn to write a certain way. Yeah. You learn to write in, you know, X number of paragraphs. You start with your opening paragraph. You have a topic sentence. You have your supporting sentences. <laughs> then each paragraph supports oh, those sentences, right? And then you have the wrap up. Yes. And so many of us don't, don't realize that when it's your blog, you have permission to do it differently. You know, you, true. you sit down and write <laughs> like you're speaking to a friend at a coffee shop, right? And it took me a while to make that transition and go, okay, I'm not writing for my seventh grade English teacher. No one is grading me on this. Um, and to figure out that it's, it's one of those things that if you approach it from the perspective of who am I really talking to and how can I really be of service to them and writing your content that way, it completely transforms how you approach it. And it's a whole lot more fun. Yeah. So that would be the second thing is really just identifying who is it that you're talking to and what voice do you want to use to speak to them? Because, you know, most of us, unless your audience actually is academics that, you know, all have PhDs, most of the rest of us aren't looking for that type of, no, reading, not at you all. know, I, I can go research yeah. academic papers if I want big words. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so that would be the second thing. It's really figuring out who are you talking to. Um, and the third thing, I think, is not realizing that it's actually my job to kind of put on flashing lights and be that person spinning the sign at the intersection, so to speak, and saying, hey, I'm over here. Come find me because I can help you. Right. And what I mean by that is I didn't realize that not only do I need a promotional plan, but I have to be able to grab people's attention. The biggest thing that I see when I review blogs and I help clients figure out, okay, I'm sharing really valuable content. Why aren't I getting traffic? And people tend to think, okay, people just don't want to hear what I have to say. I must not be interesting. I must not be unique. And we blame ourselves for people not checking out our blog and, you know, we think we're doing everything right. And so then we think it must be a flaw in us that nobody's actually interested in our content. When 99.9% of the time, we're actually sharing fantastic content. It's really valuable. And the right people absolutely want it. We just haven't figured out how to get their attention in the right way yeah. with the way that we write our titles, our social media updates. It's not attention grabbing enough. And it's tough because that's another thing. We're not taught that in high school no, or it's college. Just, Nobody no. says, sure. it is. It is. Nobody says, here's the words to use that will grab someone's attention. Now, we know them when we see them. I mean, how many times do we go through checkout and that tablet star, you know? And, and so we tend to associate it with that, not realizing that it's that concept of how do I grab attention and how do I put those flashy lights on just for that moment is what actually helps us be able to help people. Yeah. And so that's yeah. the, the third biggest thing. And that's actually probably the biggest mistake, but it kind of comes last because you've got to have some content and know who you're talking to True, exactly. and get it out there to be able to dial in your messaging. So those are three mistakes that I have definitely made over the years that, uh, it's, it's something that you, you know, constant improvement on it. Yeah. And that totally makes sense. And I, I remember seeing on your website, you, you spoke about like different parts of that, I guess, attraction, if you will. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned like home yeah. lines, leads, and then the body. Can you kind of explain what those are? Sure. Okay. So, so when you're looking for your sales letter or anything that you're trying to get people to, you've got a couple of really important pieces and it helps to break them down and look at them one at a time mm-hmm. so you can just focus on each piece, right? So your hook line is whatever that first piece of data people see is that grabs their attention, kind of like a fishing hook. So for a blog post, it's your headline because when people see your post on Twitter or on Facebook or you send out that email with a subject line, You've got one shot with, you know, less than 10 words to grab their attention. If that doesn't do its job, it doesn't matter how amazing your blog post is. They're not going to find it and read it. Can I I just go ahead for the question? Because I I, I have quandary in my head on a regular basis. It's like there's a sexy headline that's going to hook somebody. But then, of course, you know, uh, optimizing it for SEO with your keyword phrase, Mm -hmm. it's not as sexy. So how do you marry the two? That is a great question. And there's a couple of ways to approach that. One is to remember that you can use different language, different places. So, for example, when I'm looking at a blog post and my intention is to get search engine traffic to it, I will put a headline in that has my keywords. And I'll try to make that one, you know, attention grabbing as well. But when I write my updates that I'm going to share on social media, I write a totally different headline. 
Right. In fact, when I write my headline that I'm going to use to promote the post, I actually do a list of 10. And what I do is go through what's called a Vabron principle. I don't know if you've, you've heard of that before. It's something that I, I teach my clients where you look at how does this play into vision, anxiety, blame, uh, reality, opinions, and monsters. They're things that grab people's attention. And then I look at what's a question that relates to the post, what's a statistic or a number. And so I've got 10 things I go through. I write a headline from all of those angles. And that helps me to figure out what do I put on Twitter? What do I put on yeah. Facebook? What do I put on LinkedIn? Because the audience is a little bit different at each of them. They are. Right? Yeah. And, and so for my actual blog post headline, I do try to find that balance between something that's attention grabbing and balanced for SEO. So my keywords are in there. And also, you know, works in throughout the post with some variations in keyword stemming. But when I share it on social media, those are where I really look for. Yeah. How do I grab attention? What do I that say that will get the right people? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so really your yeah. headline is not just the heading in your blog. It's also the heading in like the hook in your posts, basically. Yes, it is. It's, it's what's that, that set of 10 words that's going to catch yeah. people's attention. Yeah. So it may be your email subject line. It might be what you put on your Facebook ad. However, you're attracting traffic. It's that first thing somebody sees. And that's where you've really got to make them want what's in the blog post. So you've got to tap into, is it going to help them achieve their vision? Is it going to help them defeat a monster? Does it validate their opinion? What angle on it really gets their attention? And then from there, you mentioned leads. That's a term that copywriters use a lot, right? If you watch the show Mad Men or, you know, some of the advertising agencies <laughs> talk about it too. It's, it's the first paragraph or the first 300 words of your blog post, something like that, or your sales page, depending on, you know, what content you're writing. Really, your headline, your hook line, its job is to just to get somebody to click through and start reading, right? From there, that first opening part of your blog post mm-hmm. has to grab their attention again yeah. and keep them reading. True. So the opening is really important. You want to ask questions. You want to throw out numbers. You want to do something that the reader goes, Oh, okay. Yeah, this is what I want to continue right. reading about, and it draw them into the post. That is great. And now you also have um, a Lingo Dynamics tool set to help people kind of through some of these issues or strategies. Yeah. What is that? And yeah, what's so, that's a great question. It's it's something that kind of grew out of both my experience with blogging and my experience trying to grow my business. So Mm -hmm. I'll share kind of a personal story with you. You know, when I, I was probably about eight or nine years into my business and I realized I needed to transition where I was at from working one-on-one to scaling up. So how do I start working in groups? How do I reach more people? Kind of, okay, deep breath, the big girl, let's go to the next level in business, right? I'm sure a lot of your listeners can identify with you. You know it's time. And so I knew it's one of those things you don't know what you don't know yet, right? You need an outside perspective sometimes. So I reached out to a coach and I got on a call with a coach and basically longer, half an hour later, I felt like I was never, ever going to succeed and I might as well give up because what she ran me through was one of those pushy sales pitches where they say, okay, here's why you're not succeeding. It's because you're not willing to invest in your business because you're not choosing to hire me for 10,000 plus dollars. I had researched the coach and I didn't realize she had raised her prices. I was absolutely ready to invest what I was expecting because I wanted to work with the lady. And 
And it was one of those moments where, you know, we had this horribly awkward conversation where she told me, well, didn't I have a credit card I could put it on? Couldn't I split it between multiple credit cards? Oh, I'm the time, I honestly didn't. Um, but she told me I was lying to her. And it was like mind blowing to me because I hadn't been in the coaching world yet. I didn't realize yeah. there were scripts that led people to sell that way. So now looking back, I understand she was following a script. But what I took away from it at the moment was I feel horrible because this person was telling me I'm never going to succeed. And I didn't understand the approach of dig into someone's pay and tell them they're going to fail without you so then they'll pay you. And that's not how I choose to sell. It's not who I want to be in business. And I I respect that, you know, for some people, you know, it's an approach. Um, (laughs) It's not one I prefer. But then I, about, it was probably a year later, I finally got brave enough to reach out to another coach. And the conversation was completely different. Yeah. And it was more of a, what's the possibility? And she actually charged even more, but she helped me figure out a way to work with her. And yeah. we came to an agreement on payments and, you know, and I remember walking away from it going, what the heck was so different about these two conversations? And it made me realize there was something to the words we use hmm. that really can put people in an emotional state. So I started researching and uh, long story short, ended up reaching out to a friend of mine who used to be a programmer for Google and specializes in um, algorithms around language. Oh, cool. And said, okay. Here's what I see people doing. These emails, these sales pages, how the heck are they making these work that that I feel one way when I start out reading it, by the end of it, I want what they have. And so we ran a bunch of patterns through it and started really looking at it and realized that there's, there's ways of figuring out what words have a similar emotional charge and how to take a person from one feeling to another feeling in a way that feels good and is respectful, but shows them from where they're at, identifying with what they're frustrated by, what they're in pain about, and then showing them the possible transformation that can happen for them. Yeah. And your words can do that in a way that feels great, that you feel good about selling. And I, you know, dug into this a lot over the past couple of years and basically at this point have together a database that's got like 34,000 English language words. Holy. And they're all ranked by thousands of people based on how exciting is this word? How does it make me feel positive or negative emotionally? Mm-hmm. And how empowering is it? And so based on those scores, you can figure out exactly how someone is going to feel yeah. about the words you use. And it's, it's fascinating because, you know, you mentioned the, the tool suite. I put together a tool with this programmer that it helps you. You put in your headline. And it tells you, here's how this will make people feel. And you can put in a simple headline like, you know, how to write a great blog post headline. And that'll get a score of like a four or five out of one to 10. Because it's not very exciting. It's not very empowering, but it helps you switch out the words. So it'll show you, okay, instead of write, how about create? Yeah. Which is a far more empowering feeling word, right? You want to create something? Yes. And instead of good headlines, how about fantastic headlines? And so it gives you those suggestions that you can swap out words to create something that people are really going to want to click. It leads you through instead of how to write good headlines, how to create fantastic blog post headlines in three easy steps. Yeah. Now, which one of those is somebody going to be more likely to click, exactly. right? And it's something that doesn't always come naturally to us no. to be able to figure out what words to swap in and out. So that's why I created the tool was like, I need a way to apply this so that I can show other people how easy it is when you've got valuable content to share 
to share it in a way that does grab people's attention. So that's one of the tools that is part of the tool suite. And there's some others as well. I don't, I don't want to uh, take up all your time here sharing about it, but I get excited because what I see happening is that people who do really have something valuable, they take these tools and they're able to figure out a lot more quickly. How do I grab people's attention? So the right people are clicking through, are actually seeing them and yeah. listening to them. And it's growing their businesses just in amazing ways. I'm seeing people's opt-in rates go up like crazy. Their email subject lines, when they run them through this, they're getting twice yeah. as many open. And I think that just, it's not our fault. Nobody taught us how to do this, right? No. Um, and super you, helpful. Yeah. And some people have that language skill, right? And some people just yeah. know they have the vocabulary or they don't. You know, we all have different education levels. Right. Our brain, you know, some people yeah. are really mathematically inclined. Some people are not. And it's, and like you said earlier on some things, it's like you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Yeah, and it's something that sometimes we can see it in somebody else's content. We're like, oh, yeah. I got my attention. But it's hard to stop and figure out, okay, how do I grab my audience's attention like that? Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it's your own stuff because you're too close to it as well. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And it really helps to kind of get out of your head and have fun with it. Like, what word can I swap in here instead? How else can I write this and approach it? And it's, uh, it's, it's been really valuable to be able to put that together and share it. So I'm, I'm super excited about it. Yeah, I just checked it out really, really quickly before um, our mm -hmm. call, and I was very intrigued. I'm like, oh, I'll be trying this. Because <laughs> it makes yeah. it dynamic, it's right? And you, 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 get, you can get in a rut of using the same words and the same, you know, format. And um, mm -hmm. But I imagine once you kind of use it and you're more aware of the language that you're using, it, it, it's like you're going to stretch that muscle that's in your brain. Yeah. It, it really does help you kind of step outside of where you're at and look at it a different way. Because so often we write our content and then we go, okay, so what's this about? Let me write a headline about it. But mm -hmm. if we approach it instead from what is my audience's problems right now? And there's a button on the Hookline Dynamic app that says get ideas. So when you click it, it'll ask, actually walk you through questions to help you identify what does your audience actually want to hear from you? How can you write something that is really going to solve a problem or help them defeat a monster or in some way address those things that really do grab their attention? And it's funny because I've got people coming back to me using it in ways that I actually didn't think of. They're like, I just created a new product that sold out based on ideas from this thing because I realized, oh, this is a question my audience has. And it's so cool to see that happening because it does once you start thinking that way, just really open up your creativity and allow you to connect with your audience in a totally different way. Yeah, that is so true. That is so cool to be able to punch in ideas and kind of expand on it. And Absolutely. Aren't you brilliant? That is a really cool feature. Um, and so kind of maybe give me some examples too on like how different words evoke different feelings. Sure. You know, it, it's one of those things. To ask off the cuff, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's a great question. And it's kind of hard to demonstrate in audio. Um, so what I would suggest is people actually go check out the tool. And I know we'll give them a link to that in a little bit and put some words in and see, but just as an example, there's certain words that uh, one of the other tools in the tool suite is called the feelonym finder. And instead of synonyms where words that have similar meanings mm. come up, it looks for what else has a similar empowerment level, a similar positive or negative emotion? What else has a similar excitement level? 
because you can create kind of a word cloud. And it's, it's interesting because when you type in a word like um, valuable, the words that come back are things you might not think of, but they're no. things um, when you put in valuable like cupcakes, chocolate, words that when you hear them, you're like, oh, that does kind of feel the same way, but you wouldn't think of it. No. Um, and so it's something that, and, and it's, you got to see it in action to kind of, you know, really see how to apply it. But <laughs> it, the opposite is also true. So it's something that, you know, I, your listeners will have to forgive me for this. If, if you think of certain words, it will yeah. immediately take you to a negative place. So if you put a word like cancer in, it comes back with things like malignant, like tumor, yeah. related words that feel very sad, depression. Um, words that the more of them you say, the more intense the feeling becomes. Hmm. And so the way you can use something like that is you think about, and this works really well in sales letters, for example, but it also works in blog posts. You think about the feeling your audience is starting with. So very often for me, it's something like confusion or frustration or overwhelm. By going in and looking at what words make someone feel confused, frustrated, overwhelmed, and using those words in the first couple of paragraphs of what I write, my reader not only feels that, so they're able to go, yeah, that is where I am. They identify with it. Right. They feel understood because I get it. I understand where they're at. Right, and then right. I'm able to take that and go, the transformation on the other side of this is feeling empowered. And looking at what are empowering and how those are similar to that word, then I can use those words as I transition into that mm-hmm. feeling. And by the yeah. end of a sales letter, I can leave people feeling like, Hey, I can do this. I can make a change. I don't have to feel that way anymore. I can feel this way. Nice. And so it's really, it's a valuable approach to how you put together a sales letter because it allows you to address the pain mm-hmm. without having to push into it and, you know, kind of have that scary approach in my something, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can just identify with your audience and then don't leave them there. Because that's really the problem with a lot of sales approaches is if somebody doesn't buy from you, you're leaving them in that state. Instead of leaving somebody there, show them what's possible and have them yeah. leave or walk away inspired and wanting to work with you because they see the potential and they get what's possible if they make a choice right? And they choose to change the way that they're feeling into what is possible. Um, And I've got a great video we can make sure that your listeners get access to that explains much better how to actually do that, how to apply that in your business. That's perfect. And have you found any like new trends in blogging in the past year that maybe we didn't used to do, you know, five years ago? Oh, absolutely. So trends in blogging. Blogging has changed so much Mm -hmm. over the past years it used to be enough to just put content out there constantly and you would get searching the traffic you would get people coming because there wasn't as much noise yeah there is so much noise and saturation mm-hmm. now that you really have to identify to what your unique value is and really bring that into your blogging so what is your perspective i found that what's working now really is two things one is being brave enough and bold enough to tell your story and yeah. to share more from your own perspective, your own experience, because that's something that nobody else has. That is and true. so when you share that way, it allows people to connect with you differently. So really telling stories, sharing with people how you got to where you're at, mm-hmm. how you learned different yeah. things, because we all have amazing stories if we're willing to tell them. 
And so that's one thing that I'm seeing is really necessary now is really connecting with people in more of a personal way. The other thing is really being intentional about promotion. I used to do blog challenges where the content was the focus, where we would just put out a blog post every single day for a month. Worked great. Now, I don't do that at all. The way I approach it is blog two or three times a week, but write this type of post that you can enroll other people in helping you promote. So featuring other people a lot more, telling a lot more stories, doing interviews, doing podcasts, and having a very, very focused and intentional promotion plan because it's really one of those things that nowadays you've got to push your content out there and get people to notice you. Those are the two biggest trends I would say that I see is it's really become a lot more about who you are, what's unique about you, and how you share that with people and get their attention with That's true. And I have noticed, I mean, some people do it and some people don't. Some blogs are more salesy than others. Like some blogs mm-hmm. are, it's a blog, but then at the bottom, even three quarters of the way down, you're like, this is leading somewhere. <laughs> then you know, uh, I can't even think of what it was, but to join something or take a course mm-hmm. or a blog was written. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a long sales page and it started off as a blog, but yeah. um, <laughs> some blogs, which I, from a marketing perspective, I'm like, damn, that's smart. From a personal perspective, mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh man. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I get it. So yeah. Okay. No, you're good. But I was just going to say, I get it because sometimes, and I do see the same thing happening. Sometimes it feels like a bait and switch. Yeah. And other times it feels like, a, oh, okay, this is a cool next step. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's totally. really important to be aware of how what you're doing is making your readers feel and keeping in mind who your audience is. So if your blog is for new people who are just coming into your universe, so to speak, and, and this is their first introduction to you, you know, we don't generally go up to somebody and say, hey, will you marry me, right? Yeah. <laughs> you guys have yeah. all heard that analogy if you've been in marketing very long. We start <laughs> with, hey, let's have a cup of coffee and a conversation somewhere safe. You know, there's, there's uh, levels that you go through with that. The cool thing about a blog is you can very quickly take somebody from let's have coffee to let's get married if you approach it right. right. But you have to be careful that you don't come off as the creeper in the panel van when you do it. And so... That's something that, you know, it's what I would be able to do is a couple of things. Number one, always know what your goal for a blog post is. If your focus is building up a membership site or promoting a program or, you know, whatever that next step is, be aware of it, but figure out what makes sense for this blog post. Yeah, yeah. And if the next step is eventually a program, maybe first you want to invite them to a free resource that's yeah. related to the blog post. And from there, they're on your list. Then you start marketing to them with the upsell offers and, and the different things that you've got. But one thing that can work really well to kind of take your own temperature, so to speak, and figure out, okay, am I being a little too much here, is look at your headline, look at your first paragraph. What did you promise? What got people's attention? Mm. Did you fully deliver that before you got to any sort of sales offer? Because most of the time when we feel a bait and switch, it's because what the blog post does is it grabs our attention. We think it's going to solve problem X, but all it really does is tell us why X is a problem. And if we pay, we'll get the solution. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's where. So make sure. sure. Yes. So what you want to do is either make the headline clear that you're just going to talk about why something is a problem 
or change the blog post so that you give part of the solution mm-hmm. in it. Doesn't mean you have to give the whole thing away, but you can say, here's three action steps that will help yeah. you start to solve the problem. And if you're looking for a next step to solve it faster, here's how I can help you. So you can kind of bridge things that way so that you are delivering what your headline promised. Mm-hmm. You guys know, especially when we're on Facebook oh, yeah. or somewhere else, we all click those headlines that yeah. we're like, wait, who did what? Who did what? We click through and we're like, oh, this isn't even about that person. You know, it's yeah. just clickbait. And you don't want to come across that way because no. what a blog ideally should do is help you build trust with your reader. That's the number one goal is help them see you as someone they can trust who's going to help them solve their problem. Yeah. And if you keep things in that perspective and run it through that filter, then you're going to be okay. And it's something that if you've made that mistake before, it's not like the end of the world. It's like anything else in blogging. You just fix it and keep going. Yeah, exactly. So that would be my, my two cents on that particular trend. <laughs> <laughs> awesome feedback. And you're so right. Um, yeah, you have a lot of great insight. Um, how we've run out of time, I don't know that there's still many more questions <laughs> I have for you because this is my favorite topic. <laughs> well, but, thank you. Um, we'll have to do a part two sometime for you. I know. Seriously. I love, um, you know, I've, you know, being in content marketing, there's always room for improvement. There's always, you know, fresh approaches. And, you know, you've given us a lot of great insight. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on the show today. And I know um, you have a great gift for our listeners as well. So I would love for you to share that and how people um, can get in contact you to help them. Absolutely. So for everyone listening who's curious about the, the tools we're talking about and how you can start applying this to really get more people clicking on your blog posts, on your emails, and get more attention on what you're doing, you can go to hooklinedynamic.com forward slash smooth sailing. And you will find a page there that will let you set up a completely free account to get access to the tool set. And from there, I'll send you the videos that Lindsay and I talked about that will help you apply this to what you're doing. So I invite you to check that out right now and uh, get your account set up. Awesome. That sounds great. And I know I will be using your app uh, moving forward to um, boost my hook lines. (laughs) Awesome. Perfect. So thank you again. I really appreciate you coming on. You've given us some great feedback um, and insights for, for myself and the audience. Awesome. Thank you so much again for having me on today. And I, uh, I look forward to seeing what you do with the tools as well as what your audience does. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So, of course, this episode, guys, will be at uh, sailingtosuccesspodcast.com. Um, you'll see once you hit there that you'll also find my videos and blogs and some other great resources. And, of course, if you are looking um, to attract and acquire more customers faster with great contact marketing, content marketing, Marketing, you can go to smoothbusinessgrowth.com. So until next time, folks, I wish you all a really productive and profitable week and may the winds always be at your back. Bye.